I usually start the show with something funny or insightful, but this week, I got nothing. Everybody, welcome back to the Ninja Nerd Warrior podcast for Monday, September 14th. I am Greg Hernandez, your host, and it's been a slow week. It's been really slow. Um, nothing happened. There's not a whole lot to talk about, and so I was kind of wondering, like, should I do a show? Should I not? But my pandemic resolution has been to do a show every week, so that's what I'm going to do, goddammit. Let me start by saying, as a professional, it... it it's a good idea to have something in the in the chamber so that if you don't have something to do a show about, you have you know a couple shows in the in the bucket and you know you can just put those in. Um, but as we all know, I'm not that very good at my job, so I have nothing. I've scrounged together a few stories. I'm really selling this this fucking show this week, aren't I? <laughs> I suck at this. I really do. All right, you know what? Let's just jump in. I got, did get a couple stories, so let's go ahead. And first one that kind of uh, bums me out just a little bit is The Walking Dead has announced that it's officially ending after season 11 in 2021. And I'm going to – I'm really sad about that because I've loved this show. I really have since, since it started. I have loved this show, and I think I'm the only one. I'm fairly certain because everybody else I know is like, fuck that show. That show sucks. That Okay, again, I've said it before. You can't say something sucks if it makes more money than you. Okay? So you can say you're not a fan. You could say I really don't like that show. You can also say, and I, I don't like this one, I hate that show. Why? Why, why do you hate a TV show? Who hurt you? That's what I want to know. But you can't say it sucks if it makes more money than you. That's just my opinion. Oh, another criticism I got of this show is it's not there's not enough zombies in the show. Bro, have, have you watched the show? You know, and here's I, here's where I think that criticism comes from. I think that comes from my horror movie buddies, you know, the people who are just really dig horror movies who when this show came out, they thought it was going to be like a zombie movie every week. They thought there was going to be horrific deaths and people were going to be torn to shreds and you can't have a zombie massacre every week. You, you can't. It doesn't work. And the reason is, and this is just my personal opinion, I have to give a shit about the people dying. I really, like, after, and that's why I dropped out of the Saw series. Like, after a while, the first two Saw movies I thought were great. Anything after that, they were just torture porn. They were just watching people getting fucking ripped to, ripped to shreds. And I think that's what a lot of people thought The Walking Dead was going to be. And the first season only ran six episodes, so you really just kind of got a taste of what the show was going to be. And then I think by halfway through season two, people were just like, man, I thought there were going to be more zombie deaths, and this is bullshit, and all you have is all you have is these things where I'm getting to know people and fuck these people. Yeah, see that? No. It, again, you can't have a zombie fucking apocalypse. You can't have a, a, you can't have a massacre every week because it gets old. It really does. But... In reality, I've loved the show. I thought Andrew Lincoln was fucking amazing in this. And honestly, I kind of, I secretly wanted Andrew Lincoln to be my dad. I really did. <laughs> At least in the show. 
not take it away from my dad. My dad's awesome. My dad, ironically, my dad is law enforcement. My dad did, did teach me how to shoot. I've been shooting guns since I was fucking nine years old. But my dad's 70 years old and doesn't know how to work a cell phone. So I, I don't see him, you know, surviving. I don't see him leading a group of survivors during a zombie apocalypse. Sorry, dad. I'm just saying. Just fucking saying. But uh, no, Andrew Lincoln was great in this because he was the unifying force. He was what kept you coming back. He held that group of survivors together. And we watched Rick Grimes from the start of the show. He wakes up literally during Hell on Earth. That, I mean, this guy just it goes into a coma for three months. And when he wakes up, the world around him is dead. It's completely gone. And the only thing he thinks of is, where's my family? The first thing he thinks is, where's my wife? Where's my son? And so the first half of, not even the first half, like the first two, two episodes of season one is just him trying to find his family. And he finds a family and he ends up leading the group of survivors that took in his family. And Rick Grimes becomes the leader in this apocalypse, which was just, it was inspiring. It was, Rick Grimes was a fantastically written character I wanted to smack the shit out of the characters around him several times, uh, especially his wife, Lori. Oh, my God. Now, oh, Lori just bugged the shit out of me. She did. And I take nothing away from Sarah Wayne Callies. The actress was phenomenal. She was great in Walking Dead. She was great in Colony. I have nothing but love for that actress. But your character, I wanted her dead. Multiple times I wanted her dead. Let's go. Let's start from the beginning. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Your husband is dead. And three months into the apocalypse, you're boning his best friend, Shane. Three months. That three months. Okay. And then you find out that your husband's alive. All right. So you break it off with the best friend, as you should have. And of course, Shane, Shane starts losing his fucking shit. So what does Lori do? Lori tells Rick that you need to, you need to take care of him. Shane's getting out of control. You need to take care of him. And she's just in his ear. I've dated women like this, you manipulative bitch. She starts just whispering in his ear, you need to take care of him. He's out of control. You need. So what does she do? She winds up Rick Grimes until Rick kills Shane. And then when Rick admits to Lori that he killed Shane, the look of horror and disgust on her, oh, I wanted her dead. I was hoping the next frame would be a walker just eating her face off. I really did. Like, bitch, you wound him up. You told him he had to take care of this. When he took care of it, you're disgusted and don't want him touching you. Oh, I wanted you dead. God bless her, Wayne Callies. Just saying. <laughs> just. That's how you know you're a great actress when your part calls for me to hate you and I fucking hate you. Like, not. I'm not playing along. I want your character dead. Did I mention Lori was pregnant? I totally forgot about that. Lori is pregnant with Shane's kid and then tells Shane, no, no, this is, this is Rick's baby. What you bitch. It's good to know that even in the zombie apocalypse, there's at least one woman willing to lie about who the baby daddy is. You bitch. It's Cause there's no more Mori Povich, huh? To let you know if you are or not the father. I guess that was a spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't seen the show, but Hey, show's been on for 10 years. You should have fucking caught up by now. That That's on you. Anyway, moving on, um, we're going to fast forward like nine years because I am with just blue snot all over myself. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. It's two in the morning. I'm not going to edit that out. Anyway, 
this show really lost steam once Andrew Lincoln left. And I've, I've said it before. I've got one thing to say about Andrew Lincoln leaving, and that is, fuck you, Scott Gimple. Kick you in the taint. Oh, my God. All right. I've covered this before. I know I have. But my utter hatred... I know hate's a strong word. We've already covered this, but my hatred of what Scott Gimple did on this show. My, my, I do not hate Scott Gimple. I hate how he fist-fucked this whole franchise. I really do. Here's what I mean. Here's exactly what I mean. Anyone who's read the comics, you knew what was going to happen to Glenn. You just knew it. And then when it came time for that to happen in the show... Everyone's going like, who does Negan kill? Who does Negan kill? And I'm sitting there going, yeah, I read it two years ago. I know exactly who Negan kills. And the bottom line is, and people kept telling me that, well, just because it happened in the comic doesn't mean it's going to happen in the show, which is true. I do agree with that, except who else were you going to kill? You needed that death to be a punch in the soul. You seriously just needed to, that death needed to make you bawl your eyes out. Because if you are bawling your eyes out that uh, Glenn was just killed by Negan, that's going to make you hate Negan that much more. And I don't care what anyone says, you have to have a strong villain. We've covered villains in this show before. We've covered how important villains are. They can't have any redeeming qualities about them. And for Negan to kill Glenn, that forces you to detest Negan. That forces you to either hate him or be terrified of him Either one is great for a villain. That that's what you need. That you need to be scared of the villain. Now, here's where Gimple fucked this all up. About a year before that, Glenn was killed twice. They did this cliffhanger where it's Glenn and some other fuckwit. I can't remember what his name was from uh, from Alexandria. They're trapped on top of a dumpster. They are surrounded by just a sea of walkers. And the fuckwit, I can't remember who his name was, just looks at Glenn and says, I'm sorry. Puts the gun to his head, blows his own head off. The recoil of the gun sends both of them off the dumpster into the sea of walkers. And the last thing you see is uh, Glenn screaming and guts just being ripped up. So you get the visual of Glenn dying at the hands of walkers. Fast forward 30 minutes later to Talking Dead, where Gimple saying, we will see Glenn in some form or fashion again. This isn't the last time. You motherfucker. You just showed us a gut punch of a death, and then 30 minutes later, you erased it. How awesome would that have been if we all thought Glenn was dead, and then three or four episodes later... Glenn pops up again. Could you imagine how many people at home would have cheered their asses off if we didn't know we were going to see Glenn again? From right, right there, I just went, Gimple, you fuckwit. Why? Why would you spoil that? And then, like two or three episodes later, they've got Glenn pinned up against a wall, pinned up against like the uh, uh, um, corrugated metal wall, uh, we have about a dozen or so walkers closing in on him. And again, we think Glenn's dead, but I'm sitting there going, nope, you're not going to, are you going to fake his death twice in one season? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they did because we go to commercial 
And then we come back. Abraham just lets loose with this AR-15 and just mows him down, saving Glenn's ass. Again, I'm just sitting there going, you are not doing this again. So I was pissed. And so I've been anti-Scott Gimple ever since. All right. So we're going to fast forward like, was it, it was like a season or two later, where Gimple has this bright idea. Hey, let's kill Carl. Really, bro? Really? We're going to kill Carl. Do you even Walking Dead, bro? Seriously? Like, I realize you cannot stick strictly to the comic books. I do realize this, okay? Because if you stick to the comics, there's no reason for people to read the show. Read the show? Watch the show. Anyway, it's three in the morning, like I said. (laughs) I get it. I understand why you can't stick strictly to the source material, and I'm fine with that. But I don't care if it's the show or the comic. Rick and Carl Grimes are the heart of this show. And for that reason, they have to be untouchable. You can fuck with people. You can, you can fuck with your audience and you can tease that, oh, this is, this is the time. They're going to buy it this time. That's fine. That's drama. You can do that. I'm okay with that. But when you go out and you kill Carl... And poor Chandler Riggs, oh my god, poor Chandler had been on this show since he was like nine years old. And from I heard that he at that point he had he turned 18, bought a house in Savannah, Georgia, and before escrow closed on the fucking house, gets a call from Scott Gimple says, Oh, by the way, we're killing Carl. You son of a bitch. Really? Really? And then you know what happened? Guess what happened? I bet you can guess. Andrew Lincoln went, fuck this. Because, and he has said this in interviews, he didn't want to work if Chandler wasn't on the show anymore. Because he had, again, he had been working with this, with this kid since he was nine years old. This became his part of his surrogate family. And if Chandler wasn't going to be on the show, Andrew Lincoln said, fuck this, I'm going home. So we then, we then have to deal for an entire summer knowing that the next season is the last nine or ten episodes of Rick Grimes. And we went into it. Again, Rick Grimes has to be untouchable. And I was pissed every episode. The closer it got to writing off Rick Grimes, the more pissed off I got. And then, because I'm going like, okay, are you going to kill him? Because he's not, you don't kill him in the comic. Spoiler warning, I guess, maybe. (laughs) I haven't, all right, folks, I'm not going to lie. I have not read to the end of Walking Dead. I own all 32 volumes of the trade paperback. I have not finished the series yet because I'm not ready to face that conclusion. (laughs) I know what happens. I'm not ready for it yet. But. That hadn't happened in the in the comic yet, so it shouldn't have happened in the show. So, but I'm going like you can't kill Rick, but at the same time, Rick just can't leave because his entire life has been his entire post-apocalyptic life has been watching out for this group, leading this group, making sure these this group survives. So there's nothing you can do that makes Rick just up and leave, like, oh, all right, you guys got this, I'm out. No. Can't happen. 
anyway, you guys know well, those. If you don't know that uh, Lori had Shane's baby, you definitely don't know what happened to Rick. So I'm not gonna fuck that up for you. But Andrew Lincoln leaves the show, and from that point on, and I love uh, Norman Reedus. I love, uh, I love that the whole cast. I love uh, Lauren Cohan, and I love Denai Gurira, and that entire cast is fantastic. But without, without Rick, it definitely loses something. All right, it's like if James Hetfield left Metallica, or Dave Grohl left the Foo Fighters. It's just it's not the same. And you can you know you can limp along as best you can, which is exactly what the show has done. And I really like the Whisper storyline that they've run because I liked it in the in the comic. But the show has definitely lost steam. It's lost interest. And honestly, it lost interest. It started losing a lot of interest when Glenn died. It really did. And I heard this a lot. I heard people saying, well, the show just got too violent. Really, motherfucker? Have you watched? Rick Grimes shot a little girl in the face in episode one. Don't don't tell me the show got too violent. Rick has shot in two little shot in he's shot in. Rick has shot two little girls in the face through the whole run of the show. Don't tell me it's got it just got too Hey, remember when Rick ripped a guy's throat out with his teeth because that guy was gonna rape Carl? But the show just got too violent? Really? Well fucking tell me. Don't don't tell me about Walking Dead. I know me some Walking Dead, goddammit. But anyway, yeah, the, so the show is coming to an end after 10 years on the air. A uh, little bummed out because, again, if you had stuck if you had stuck a little closer to the source material, the fucking comic ran 16 years, and that is every week for 16 years. The comic didn't run for 18 to 20 weeks a year and then take three months off and then come back. I realize TV production is a totally different animal than, you know, putting out a comic. I get that what just what i'm saying is the show came up five years short of its comic book predecessor that that's all i'm saying so i will be extremely bummed out when the show comes to an end like i said and you know what i might do a i might run through the entire run of the comics 32 volumes right around the time the show's wrapping up might do a side-by-side comparison i just i realized i just promised that holy shit i better start reading now Anyway, so for anybody else who is as bummed as I am, I'm just going to leave you with this. We were all strangers who would have just passed each other on the street before the world ended. Now we mean everything to each other. From Atlanta to my daddy's farm to the prison to here. this moment now not as strangers as family not gonna lie i am definitely gonna miss walking dead Anyway, we are going to move on. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 has been delayed again. It has now been pushed back to December. I didn't get an uh, actual date um, because I'm really bad at my job. But it's been pushed back. It was supposed to premiere end of this month, beginning of next month, um, like late September, early October. But it's been pushed back to December. 
And here's my question. Why? Why the fuck has it been pushed back? All right. What is an extra 60 days really going to matter in the pandemic? It's that. No, it really isn't. I get it. Okay. Now I understand we're all got our fingers crossed and we're all hoping for the best, but let's be honest. We got fist fucked by our leaders on this one. We really did. And so everyone's doing the best they can. I get that. I understand that. All right. But you just, they just keep pushing these movies back and it's not helping anybody. It really isn't. Here's what I mean. All right. I've never said this before, but we might want to take a page out of Bill and Ted's book. And what I mean by that is the creators of Bill and Ted face the music. They knew that this, this movie was going to die. It really was if, if they had to keep pushing back and pushing back and pushing back the date. So they called an audible and they released it on Amazon prime for 20 bucks. Again, I'm still a little pissed off about that because normal movie ticket is between seven and $12. At least it is where I live. And I paid $20 to rent this movie. 24 if I wanted to own it. Like, are you fucking kidding me? But anyway, I do have to say it was a really smart call because at least this movie can make something back. All right? And I'm just wondering, you had Warner Brothers and Marvel Studios and, you know, all these other studios have had the same amount of time to, to make this happen. So why is Wonder Woman getting pushed back again? I realize, okay, so some people are going to come at me and say, bro, but if you release this on Amazon, it's going to kill theaters. What, what theaters? What, what theaters is it going to kill that aren't already on life support? All right. Now I have a friend who was a manager at an AMC theater here in town. And I, I feel bad for her because she's out. She's unemployed right now. Her theater shut down. I get that, that it's going to kill the, it's going to kill the, the theater industry. If you're able to release these movies, otherwise they would have done it years ago. And I, and I totally understand that. I understand why you haven't released them to digital immediately because it's going to kill your theaters. I, I understand that. Okay. But theaters are dead already. So why not just fucking, and I, okay. And I understand the other argument is going to be, but, but bro, you, you buy one showing and you can have 20 people watch this movie for the price of one ticket. That's going to cost the studio a lot of money. Well, yeah, but it's also going to make them more than zero, which is what they're going to make now. So explain to me how not releasing it digitally is a, is a bad idea here. And, and especially wonder woman, especially wonder woman, because the rumor is the popular theory is that as soon as the Snyder cut is released, it's going to open up this entire new world for the, for the DC universe, which is cool. If that happens, then awesome because I'm a big comic book nerd. And if it opens up a giant new world for these, you know, for these movies, that's awesome. But you know, who doesn't think that way? Studio executives, studio executives don't give a fuck about opening up new worlds. They want to know how much money are we going to make on this movie? All right. So what they do is they green light a movie and then they fuck it all up. And then once they release it, they want to know how well was this movie received? How much money did it make? Did we make our money back? Well, guess what? All three of those answers are going to be, oh, fuck me. If you don't release the movie at all. 
All right. You can keep pushing this fucker back as much as you want. You're not going to make money. You're not going to know how well this movie was uh, received and you're not going to know where you can go from there because you know why? Because you've got nothing to work with. So granted, not a studio. I'm not a studio executive. I realize this, which is probably a good thing, but what you can do is you can release this on Amazon and you can say, okay, how many downloads did we get on this? Granted, you're not going to make back the dollar value that was probably projected. All right. But guess what? Nothing is right now. The entertainment business is on life support because of the pandemic. Okay. So you might have to just take your losses. All right. Just take a kick to the berries and you're going to have to see how well this, this movie was received through a streaming service like Amazon prime. All right. Or start your own fucking streaming service. There's always that too. But that's, that's kind of my point is that you have to do something in the meantime so that when, you know, this fucking pandemic lifts up and things slowly go back to normal, the, the landscape has already been laid out for man of steel two or the green lantern movie or the next flash movie or whatever the fuck you're going to do. Okay. But if, if you don't have, if you don't have that feedback, then you're basically a blind guy trying to pick out his favorite porn video. All right. So you need to do something to find out how well this movie is going to do. So personally, I say, stop fucking around, put this thing on Amazon prime or another streaming service, something where you can gauge the interest and then go from there. Just my opinion. Another idea I had, but this one's kind of ridiculous is the theaters themselves and this, again, this has to be the, uh, the theater. This has to be their call. But you take plexiglass and you, t- you run like an eight foot tall, sol- solid thing of plexiglass right behind every row of seats. And then in between each seats, about every two seat, you put another plexiglass divider. All right. So basically what you're making is hockey, like like hockey penalty boxes. And we'll do like every two seats because very few people go to the movies by themselves that aren't me because I go by myself. Fuck it. And, but yeah, you just plexiglass every other seat. And if one person goes to the theater by themselves and they buy one ticket, well, then the seat next to them, you cancel that fucker out so that you have people safely in their pods. They're watching movies. Boom. There you go. Genius idea from a junior college dropout. You're welcome. Last story I got for tonight is going to be uh, one of my favorite topics, of course. It is the world of pro wrestling. We find out that Miro is all elite. Yes, Miroslav Barnyashev, formerly known as Alexander Rusev, Rusev, excuse me, has made his debut last week on AEW Dynamite. And I thought it was great. I, I thought it was awesome. He had his Eminem haircut going. I thought that was great. Uh, but... I'm already seeing a lot of criticism because the, you know, the internet, it's very surprising when you have people that criticize anything. Cause that's, that's rare on the internet. But of course you have all these fucking smart fan fuckwits who were talking about, well, AEW is just picking up a bunch of old WB guys. That's all they're doing. Do you know why? Would you like to know why that's all AEW is doing? Because WB is the only fucking promotion out there. That's firing people. That's it. That. ROH, not firing anybody. Impact, not firing anybody. Uh, New Japan, CMLL, AAA, none of them are firing people. WB is just firing people like fucking crazy. 
explain to me how the only wrestling promotion with a $2 billion TV deal is fucking laying people off left and right. Explain that to me. All right. And you have a lot of people also who are telling me that, oh, well, he's just going to be a mid card. They're just going to book him in the mid card. Which is better than being unemployed. That I, I'm, I'm just going to say, if I have to choose between being a mid-carder and being fucking unemployed, that mid-card line is going to be really fucking long. Why is that a criticism? I, I need some smart fans, and I'm using air quotes, I need some smart fans to tell me why being mid-card is better than unemployed. And who gives a fuck? All right? Going back to the, you know, just using old WWE guys... Let me ask you this. When Sonequa Martin-Green left Walking Dead and went to Star Trek Discovery, did you guys bitch that, oh, well, Discovery's just using old Walking Dead people? No! No, you didn't. You know why? Because she needed a fucking job. She left one job, picked up another one. That's all Rusev did. That's all Moxley did. That's all that Cody did. And actually, Cody fucking left his job and started a new, a new company. That's ballsy right there. That's fucking gangster. For all the smart fans or smart marks, why don't you take notes? Because this is, this is how the real world works, all right? Miro was released. FTR was released. Dustin Rhodes was released. So you know what they did? They went out and they got new jobs. If you get fired by Walmart... Do you go out and do you look for another job or do you sit in your fucking living room with your arms crossed going, no, it's Walmart or nothing? No, motherfucker, you go out and you get a new job. That's what those four did. Miro, FTR, Dustin, they all went out and they got new fucking jobs. All right. Now, Moxley left. He waited for his contract to, to expire, left on his own, got a new job. See, I realize that just because you watch wrestling for 14 hours a fucking week does not make you an expert. And this proves it, all right? Because these guys might be pro wrestlers on your TV, but in real life, they're people, they're real people with bills that they have to pay. So if they lose their job in one company, they're going to go get a job in another company. That's, that's basically, that's fucking common sense 101. And if you want to bitch that, well, AEW just picked up old WWE guys, well, well, then you fucking pay their bills. Or shut the fuck up. For anyone who hates anything that isn't WWE, this is going to be a really hard pill to swallow. Ready? Here we go. WWE sucks when it doesn't have competition. Always has. All right? And I'll prove it. I will absolutely prove it because... Vince McMahon bought the WWE, WWF at the time, from his father, all right? What did he do? He immediately started buying everyone else's talent. He went and he got Hulk Hogan from the AWA, and he went and got uh, Junkyard Dog from Mid-South, and he picked up Jake the Snake from Texas, and he picked up everyone else's talent. He bought them all out. All right. So what he did was effectively he tried to buy everyone's talent from his competition. He tried putting his competition out of business. All right. Now, whether you agree with it or not, that's what happened. But if there was no competition, 
there would have been no one for Vince to steal. We're going to smash cut another like eight to 10 years when cable premiered. All right. When cable premiered, Vince saw a brand new market opening up. Vince doesn't have to promote in the Northwest. He can do more than New York, Philadelphia, Boston, that area that his dad had pretty much been the king of. Vince pretty much saw an entire country that he could syndicate his program to. So he did. So Vince McMahon took what was a regional pro wrestling promotion and he took it national. You know what that did? That put all of his other competition out of business because they couldn't follow. Again, whether you agree with it or not, that's what he did. But you know what? Wouldn't have done that if, it was, if there was no competition. I take that back. He, took, he put out all of his other competition out of business with the exception of the NWA. Because Ted Turner bought a portion of the NWA, turned it into WCW, and that's how we got the Monday Night Wars. All right, so all you smart fans, all you smart marks that fucking mark out for the Attitude Era and you hate PG wrestling and you, you want the Attitude Era back. Do you know why the Attitude Era was so fucking cool? Because Vince fucking stole shit left and right. From WCW and ECW. Do you guys remember any fucking hardcore matches before ECW came along? Fuck no. No, you don't. ECW had Taz, the human suplex machine. So you know what Vince did? Vince create Vince took the guy who had become the godfather and he created Kama, the supreme fighting machine. And Kama basically looked like if you ordered Taz on Wish, Kama would have shown up. That's basically what happened. Vince stole as much as he could from WCW and from ECW. And of course, I'm going to have people out there who are like, okay, well, that's two things he took from ECW. He didn't steal anything from WCW. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. One word, pyro. There was no pyro in the WWF in fucking 1990, 1989, 1990. No. You know where there was fucking pyro? WCW. Yeah, so Vince took fucking Pyro, and he cranked it up. He cranked the volume up, like, to 10. All right, so yeah, he fucking stole a lot of WCW's production values. So yeah, of course Vince stole from WCW. And then here's the kicker. Here's where this fucking gets great. WCW starts signing guys away from WWF, and Vince shit his pants. Do you realize that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were brought on a TV? It was never mentioned that this is Razor Ramon and Diesel. Never. But you know what Vince did? Vince fucking sued them. Vince sued them because he said they were stealing his talent. This motherfucker who 15 years earlier, 20 years earlier, stole all of his competition's talent, signed them away to big lucrative deals. Now he's getting pissed that people are signing people away from him. That other promotions are signing talent away from him fucking great it's fantastic and that led to the monday night wars so for all you fuckwits out there all you fucking smart fans smart marks and i fucking hate those terms god i hate those terms for all of you complaining and hating on anything that isn't wwe get used to it because wwe has sucked a bag of dicks anytime there wasn't competition all right now impact Impact was never competition. Let's let's be honest. Could have been, should have been. No, never happened. All right. So 
Vince McMahon hasn't had any serious competition since about 2002-2003. Which is why we got John Cena. Right? Now, I take nothing away from Cena. Cena's a fucking workhorse. All right? But how many main event stars have come along since Cena? Go ahead. Look it up. I'll wait. Nothing. You got nothing, do you? Fucking nothing. Because Cena was the last main event star that WWE made. It was. All right? And Cena, like I said, Cena worked his ass off. All right? But Cena was not a technical marvel. Cena will tell you himself, not the greatest athlete in the ring. But that motherfucker was over. God, he was over. And Vince in the WWE has not been able to replicate that since. 2003, he made his debut. 17 years ago, Cena made his debut. And they haven't been able to do shit. You know why? No competition. I got into it with another fucking internet troll. The same, the same discussion, this exact same argument, when they signed Pac. Remember Pac? Adrian Neville? Was it Adrian? Adrian, yeah. Uh, when they signed Neville, when, when they released Neville. And I see this guy post on Twitter that, yeah, Neville was pissed. He left WWE because he was, he was getting booked as mid-card. So he goes to AEW, and he's booked as mid-card. And so I just commented. I said, yeah, but being mid-card in AEW means you're having awesome matches with Moxley and Omega and Jericho and fucking Hangman Page. Being mid-card in WWE means you're chasing uh, R-Truth around the backstage area for the fucking 24-7 title or fighting ninjas. Do, do you see? Mid-card is not the same. And apparently I pissed him off. <laughs> apparently he did not like my answer because he said, oh, H APW, APW? AEW, sorry guys, sorry all the guys in APW. AEW sucks. They'll never be WWE. WWE makes a billion dollars a year and they have a worldwide presence and they're famous all over the world. Well, yeah, so is McDonald's. But nobody, nobody who's over the age of nine will tell you that McDonald's has the best hamburgers around. Now, if you like McDonald's hamburgers, awesome, cool, that's good for you. But you have to admit that McDonald's is not the only game in town and in most cases, they're not even the best game in town. So... All I'm saying is that calm, calm your tits. Just calm the fuck down. Competition is good for wrestling. All right. And if you don't like AEW, don't fucking watch. It's not that hard. All right. If you only love WWE, then only fucking watch WWE. All right. But don't sit here and say that. Oh, I had a guy tell me the other day. I got into an argument with another fucking smart Mark fuckwit who tried to tell me that if you take away all of the XWE guys like Jericho and Brody Lee and Dustin, and if you take away all the XWE guys, there's nobody there for Moxley to have good matches with. Are you high, bro? Seriously. I mean, do you even watch the fucking product? Did you watch the match between Moxley and Omega? That match was fucking amazing. All right. The match between Moxley and Brian Cage was also fucking great. He told me this three hours before the Moxley MJF match. Like, dude, there are a lot of fucking people. And then you have Hangman Page, who's being groomed for a run of the title. All right. Orange Cassidy. I'm sorry. Even I slept on Orange Cassidy. 
I thought I thought he was fucking ridiculous. And then he started working and I went, okay, that's cool as shit. All right. There are a ton of guys that can have great Darby Allen, the fucking Darby Allen match with Moxley was awesome. So don't not watch the product and then tell me that there's nobody that can have good matches with Moxley except XWWE guys. All right. Cause you, you're fucking retarded. You really are. If that's what you think. All right. Again, folks, competition is good for wrestling. It always has been. And I fucking hate these smart Mark fuckers that, all right. And let me, let me explain to you. If you're an adamant wrestling fan, I, I'm not talking about you. All right. If you live and die, eat and breathe pro wrestling, I'm not talking to you when I say smart Mark fuckers. I'm talking about the guys who, okay, first off, the only qualifications for being a smart Mark is knowing this is a work. That's it. That is it. End of fucking list. That is all the qualifications. If you know it's a work, then you can claim you're a smart Mark. That's pretty much it. Okay. But if you're not paying attention, and if you honestly believe that Brian Danielson was not as good as Daniel Bryan, you're not fucking paying attention. Okay? If you're going to sit here and tell me that CM Punk's ROH title run was better than his WWE title run, you are fucking high. Punk's WWE title run wasn't seen or was seen by more people than his ROH title run. I'll give you that. I'll absolutely give you that one. All right. But doesn't mean it was a better title run. I'm not going to argue that WWE isn't more popular than those other promotions. No, I'm not going to argue that. Here's how popular WWE is. When CM Punk made his UFC debut, not his UFC debut, but his second match, um, the one in Chicago, which was awesome because I was in Chicago. I was actually, uh, I was like 20 miles outside. I was in the suburbs. I was in uh, Lombard, but I was in the Chicago area at a steakhouse, having a fucking burger, watching CM Punk fight in his hometown. I thought that was some awesome shit. And then when cult of personality started playing, I fucking popped. I popped huge for that. I got home when I got, when I got back to California and I had some friends who asked me if I saw the fight and yeah, I, I saw punks, uh, public execution, not a good fight, <laughs> not a good day for punk, but I had some friends who told me, how did UFC get the rights from, from Vince McMahon to play that song? And, and I just started massaging my own temples cause I felt a migraine starting up. Um, cult of personality was done by living color in 1993, Vince McMahon and the WWE did not write Cult of Personality for CM Punk. They paid the rights to the song so he could use that as his entrance theme. All right. But they did not write that for him. As a matter of fact, Cult of Personality was CM Punk's entrance theme when he was the world champion in ROH. So he has a long history uh, he even said on one episode of WB Backstage that that song was played for his Little League team when he was eight years old. So he's got a long history with that song. But WB is so popular that people just associate Cult of Personality with CM Punk. They don't realize that song had a life before that. 
All right. So again, I'm not going to argue and say that WWE isn't the most popular promotion out there. That's just a fucking retarded argument. But my point is they're not the only game in town. And at this rate, they're not going to be. So if you don't like WWE or if you don't like AEW, cool. Don't fucking watch. As a matter of fact, Dynamite just broke a million viewers last week. So trust me, they're not hurting if five or ten people decide they don't want to watch. If you don't like Impact, you don't like NWA Power, you don't like ROH, don't fucking watch. But just acknowledge that there's other other promotions out there, there's other games out there. And don't fucking shit on somebody for trying to make a living in one of those other promotions. That's all I'm saying. All right, everybody, I'm going to close this out because we're coming up on the 45-minute mark. And uh, so, um, again, as always, I'm just going to plug this shit out of all my stuff. I am the Ninja Nerd Warrior. You can find me on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Well, I guess not all. I'm, I don't have a TikTok, and I'm not, I don't plan on fucking having a TikTok anytime soon. Um, I'm not a WWE employee, so I, I can't have a Twitch, but I don't. Anyway, um, you can also follow me at NinjaNerdWarriorPodcast.com, and... If you like this podcast, and I really hope you uh, recommend it to other people, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you find your favorite podcast from. I also have a new announcement to make, and that is the Ninja Nerd Warrior Podcast now has a ProWrestlingTees.com store. Yeah, so go over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash NinjaNerdWarrior and check out the merchandise over there. I've only got one shirt up with the podcast logo on it, but I've got a couple more that are actually awaiting to be approved right now. It really helps me out, folks. Um, I hate paying for podcasts, so I'm trying to keep this one as free as possible, but this does cost money. So if you go over to my ProWrestlingTees.com store, I would really appreciate the support. Anybody who's not familiar with ProWrestlingTees.com, it's like an OnlyFans, but I don't have to show my tits. Anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. You guys have a great day, and I will talk to you again next weekend. Bye-bye. All right, guys, thanks for letting me pay some bills there. And I am the Ninja Nerd Warrior, and you can find me on all forms of social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And feel free to go on any of those and drop me a line. Send me a message. Let me know if you like the show. Um, if you don't like the show, don't, don't hit me up. And uh, <laughs> you can also find this podcast anywhere you get your favorite podcast from, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And with that, I will say goodnight, and uh, I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.